Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Undivided, episode 52, which is brought to you by Audible.com. That's Audible.com, our sponsor. Audible.com, the world's leader in spoken audio, audiobooks, online periodicals and speeches for everything spoken audio. It's Audible.com. Head on over to Audible.com after the show here tonight. And in the drop-down menu box to the right, enter Life Coach Radio Network for a chance to win a free 30-day trial and some other prizes, courtesy of Audible.com. That's Audible.com, the sponsor of Undivided here on the Life Coach Radio Network. And welcome in, everyone, to Undivided. This is episode number 52, Engaged Energy at Work. And the date is August the 21st in the year 2019. And this is a recorded program. I wanted to say that off the top. It's a recorded show, so there will be no live calls, uh, no live emails, uh, though I did um, take some listener feedback in crafting the talking points and questions for tonight's show. The disclaimer, before we get too far into our program, the views of episode number 52 of Undivided, Engage Energy at Work may not necessarily be the views of myself as host, Frank J. Maduri. I have no guests. It's a solo program again today, or else I'd mention the guest there, and may not necessarily be the views of the Life Coach Radio Network. And now that we've moved forward from the disclaimer, I thought this topic of engaged energy, especially at work, was particularly relevant in light of some recent surveys that have been done in the area. And I'm going to get to that, you know, when I get into the divide segment, the first segment. But 70% of people reported in America in a survey recently that they're dissatisfied at their job. A Harris poll um, at another point in time, uh, a Harris poll indicated that 50% of Americans would quit their job, just walk away if they could. So job disengagement, job dissatisfaction is a huge issue in America and our society and in some other parts of the world too. But I'm going to speak to what I know, which is the job market and the approach to work or generally speaking here in America and how some of that is changing. Uh, There's a variety of different training that I've been through throughout my professional career. I've shared some of that experience previously on the show, but for those listening for the first time, I've had a number of different uh, positions within sales and marketing and account management in a number of different areas. Uh, I'm also obviously a certified professional coach and also an ELI master practitioner, uh, which uh, the ELI is the Energy Leadership Index which I'm going to reference throughout the show, excuse me, tonight. tonight. Uh, The ELI, and in no means, um, I'm going to mention it. I've talked about it on one or two other episodes in the past. Do I want to, quote, unquote, sell you the ELI? It's more of that there is a place for it. There's been studies done on the effectiveness of the ELI assessment, excuse me, and there, there is a role, and it is part of the conversation tonight. The ELI measures... Um, you know, energy within an organization or with a per- within a person or within a division of a company or a group 
uh, or a department tasked at doing a particular uh, objective, and how do you shift that energy to raise productivity? And the ELI assessment's been noted by Harvard University, Wall Street Journal, some major publications and major academic institutions as one of the top instruments for that. It's one of the top assessments that you could provide uh, an individual in a workplace, an individual outside of the workplace, uh, but they're speaking more of it at, at work and also to an organization like a nonprofit or a small or large or medium-sized business for that matter. So now that I've given you some backdrop on that and, and my own background and how I will guide the conversation tonight because I have have a, a lot of different experience and also work in uh, sales leadership for a major corporation. That's, that's my, my full-time uh, position in life at this point. So I've been through a variety of different training, and I continue to learn. I continue to take different courses in my own time to try and better myself as both a leader and as a person. So I'm going to be referencing a lot of that as we move forward here today on our program. So it, it starts back where I had mentioned before, you know, the survey about job dissatisfaction. We're going to enter the divide segment now which looks at the divide within society. And tonight it's people being dissatisfied at work and how are we going to shift that, get them more engaged. There's a survey about American job dissatisfaction that I referenced in the show opening that 70% of people, so think about that, seven of every 10 people that are walking down the street, so to speak, that are employed, feel unmotivated or miserable in their work. This is a huge area of division within people and within society. Now, why? Um, myself and someone that I worked very closely with at another point in my career would say, we always have to find out the why. And it could be that they're staying, the person's staying in the job for the money. It could be they're staying in the job for the benefits because medical benefits, especially in certain parts of the country, you know, here in New Jersey and, and in the Northeast, they're very expensive. Some people take jobs for lower salary just to get the benefits involved because the benefits are uh, so costly, medical, comprehensive, dental, et cetera. So the perks of the job, they might be staying in it for that. They may have dependents and also dependents that are reliant upon those benefits or they may have dependents that they're helping out with bills for them, for their own, for the dependents' care. Let's say they're caring for a, a sick relative or parent or sibling or spouse. That's going to keep you in a job. You're not going to walk out if, you know, your husband or wife has a, an illness or disability and this is paying the bills at home, no matter how, how uh, excuse me, uh, unmotivated or dissatisfied or miserable you are. Most people tend to try and, you know, suck it up, as they say, or gut it out. It also could be your comfort level. You could be in a situation where you've done this for a while, and it's comfortable to you. Uh, most people are creatures of habit, as they say. The commute is familiar to them. The uh, location of the job is familiar to them. The people in the building there's, they know what it is. 
And whether it's good or bad, they're going to deal with that, especially if it's bad. It's, it's the old saying that I'll reference again, probably at some other point in the program today is the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't know that old, old expression. I know what this is. This is a known quantity. Um, I had a friend, I have a friend that, um, excuse me, that is actually uh, still in a job because they were saying to me, well, you know, even though I've kind of feel like I'm challenged by the position, I'm in a situation where I essentially can make my own hours and I could come in early and leave earlier to then either do something with the, the family or do one of my hobbies or go do uh, the person as a side job as most other people have and their understanding of that because they know him and they know the situation. So on these days, so it's a set schedule. Whereas if I start somewhere else, they're going to make me work what schedule they want and I'm going to have to prove myself all over again. So I'm just going to stay in this job and I'm completely unmotivated, unchallenged by it. There could be some apathy that ties into the last example that I gave you know, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. This is my job. And I do this and I go home and there's coasting, you know, such that people are, are in it and they're just going through the motions. So those are the reasons why people could be dissatisfied in their job. The second point is in our program here, here this evening is referenced in a prior episode and probably actually two or three prior episodes that I've done in the series. But the one that comes to mind is being a leader instead of a boss with Scott Krause, who is my special guest. And we talked about managerial styles. It also could tie into self-love, the episode I did with Amy Phillips, and also could tie into the episode that I did on self-care when my sister, Maria Maduri, came on the program. I was also a coach. And talked about self-care because these things, your, your work-life balance is going to be affected. In the episode with Scott, we talked about being a bad manager or being on a lousy team. Those are the two main reasons why people are unhappy at work. So it ties into the first part. The second point of, of the program here tonight is those two things. You have a quote-unquote bad manager. We've all probably had them. If you work long enough, you definitely will. Or a quote-unquote lousy team. And that drives a lot of unhappiness at work. Imagine going in and you're on a team of people and your performance is graded on the results of the team and your team is, you know, goofing off, essentially, for lack of a better word, or coasting or apathetic. People will leave jobs because of that but only as a last resort, usually, they're going to try and play out their other options. So the first line of defense, and in my own experience, I could speak to this because I've had both situations multiple times, you can focus on the tasks at hand, um, not trying to think about all this other, what I would call minutia, all this other fluff that's going on. Uh, being focused at the task at hand, keeping your head down, as they say, and just driving through, just focusing on the work and doing the best job that you can. So then, you know, you can come out of it and people will see that or someone will notice it 
maybe outside of your manager and outside of your team and give you an opportunity maybe at a promotion or at a lateral move out of the situation. If that doesn't happen and you're in a closed situation where no one realizes this, there's no other options. Some people will resign. Um, some people will end up doing something that gets them fired or terminated if they want to just get the parachute out of there and collect unemployment and reevaluate their options. But all that comes with letting go of limiting beliefs. You know, sometimes you're in a situation, and I know for myself in my own experience, especially when you're younger and you don't really realize it, you think this is the end of the world, so to speak, and it's not. You say, oh, I'm never going to get off this team. In time, things change. Sometimes it's the old let it, let it ride, ride it out type of thing, and you could come out on the other side, assuming that it's not going to change. Or going to another situation saying, because I had a lousy team, I'm going to go to a lousy team. Those are all preconceptions that you have to let go of. When you get different opportunities, it's very important to come in with a fresh perspective and a clean slate. People can get disengaged at work very easily. So how can they turn the tide? This is a listener question. And when you look at it, you have to focus on your family. That's one area that if I was coaching or counseling someone, I would say, think about the loved ones that rely on you and on this job and stick it out, not for you, but for them. Most people would be very motivated for, uh, for their family. And that's one way that you could get them re-engaged again at work. You know, hey, I understand this isn't, you know, the be all end all job for you, but it is providing something for those that rely on you. And let's try and work together to make this the best situation that we can. There's also the dignity of work versus being unemployed. You think of St. Joseph the worker and the prayer that I've referenced in other shows. You know, there's a dignity that comes with work when you say that prayer to St. Joseph for those that are unemployed versus being home on the couch. You feel like you have no worth, you have no purpose and things can start spiraling. So whether you're in a job that you're really unmotivated, really unhappy Sometimes it's the lesser of two evils than being at home on the couch and then being anxious and nervous and upset about what's going to happen next. Where is the next paycheck going to come from? Most people say, I'd rather be stuck in a job, quote unquote, and have to try and make, you know, lemonade out of the lemons, so to speak, than being at home and without work. The situation you know versus something new is balanced with the fact that change is sometimes necessary and is sometimes very healthy. So I'm not saying to stay in a job where your mental or emotional health is at risk. You never want to do that. And I would never want anyone, a client, a friend, a colleague to do that. And I've counseled people, you know, sometimes this situation, yes, you know this, you know, the company or the organization really well, you've been here a while, but maybe it's time for something new. And, and then they'll go to something new and it becomes this whole other new avenue, new pathway, new door that has been opened up for them by God so that they can pursue a uh, new situation with uh, health. We're at 15 minutes in to the show and Undivided Episode 52, Engage Energy at Work, will be back in a moment for some upcoming show promotions for you. 
here on the networks of Life Coach Radio. It's Replenish Me, Replenish Me is the series. Cordelia Gaffar is the host. That's Cordelia Gaffar. The show is Replenish Me. Wednesday, the 28th of August, that's one week from today. Excuse me, live at 7 p.m. Eastern, and that's on the Life Coach chat channel. Cordelia's new episode comes your way. So that's Replenish Me, long-running series here in the networks. Wednesday, the 28th of August, live at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach chat channel. Audible.com is a sponsor of our program. We're so grateful for that, for their sponsorship, for their partnership through all these episodes. So check out their website. And let's raise some money tonight. Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. That's Catholic Charities, 800-919-9338. www.salvationarmyus.org. That's www.salvationarmyus.org. Enter your zip code to donate in your local community. Or as we've said on previous shows, Google the zip code that's uh, the poorest or most impoverished zip code in your state and donate to those who are most in need. And the other thing I want to mention too, and and some things that I've I've been dealing with with the Salvation Army recently is they can arrange to pick things up. So if you have things around your house that are rather large, if you give them about a week's notice in most locations, they can arrange for a pickup of those items at your home. And we're back here on Undivided, episode number 52, Engage Energy at Work. I'm your host, Frank J. Maduring. And when we went to the 15-minute stop, we were talking about people being disengaged and turning that tide, and that change is sometimes necessary. It goes back as we go to the next point here. It goes back to our childhood Our lens of work, as we talked about the lens of the perspective people have, is shaped by the people around us. So most often your attitudes towards work are going to be formed by your parents, your grandparents, whoever raised you, you were around most often in your life. If an extended family member, excuse me, raised you, that's going to be very influential. And their approach to work is going to be very influential on yours. We talked about this on on a couple of prior shows in the series, but digging deeper is because we, most people, Americans especially, and I was talking about the culture of America with a colleague of mine prior to the episode here today. Most Americans and most people exist in what's called the stream of unconsciousness. And that stream of unconsciousness always ask what's wrong with the situation. What's wrong with that person that they can't hit productivity? What's wrong with that person that they can't get, you know, this report right when we try and and, uh, train them and walk them through it multiple times? The stream of consciousness asks what's right. And that's a shift that has to take place. Asking what's right instead of asking what's wrong. I've talked about the strengths perspective, which is a sociological, excuse me, uh, concept, concept used very often in social work. And that's looking at a person's strengths rather than looking at their quote unquote weaknesses, looking at what they can do right versus what they do quote unquote wrong. And I've been injected into situations at work 
where, you know, I'll be working with a team and they'll say, well, everyone on the management, uh, upper management of the, of the situation is always like, well, what's wrong with you that you can't do this or that? Or what's wrong with you that you can't grasp, you know, this concept? Um, or what's wrong with the situation that, you know, you can't find your way here, whatever it is. Instead of saying to them, you know what, you did a really great job with this interaction with this customer last week. How can we use that to then approach what's quote unquote wrong? The key is to understand your perspective. And so if your perspective on work, which has been formed through your environment, is something that's negative, you have to flip that. You have to choose to change it, choose to change how you view the world and yourself and others to have a positive outlook. That's the key to success. That's the key. You know, if you can get to a point where you self-evaluate and you could change that, you can motivate yourself and others in a positive and sustainable action. And that's leadership. That's a good definition of leadership too. So these catabolic work environments, these toxic work environments can be damaging, as I mentioned before, to mental, emotional, physical health. So the best approach, you know, a listener asked me, Frank, what's the best approach to this? You can ignore it, okay, and like put your head down, drive on, as I mentioned before. You could attempt to change it. You could try and fight against that tide, so to speak, by making incremental changes, small changes. You can impact positivity in your small corner of the world, so to speak. I've done that a lot in different jobs. I've come into situations where there's been a lot of negative energy. And I said, I'm going to impact some very engaged, very positive energy with my you know, direct uh, line level people. Let's say we were all the same level. Uh, you know, maybe we were all like mid career executives or junior executives, or we were all salespeople, whatever the situation was, and we were in a bullpen together at a job, I would come in and be very positive and smiling and upbeat, but also open door policy, willing to listen to them, be a good friend, you know, have empathy for their situation. And that starts to change them and that starts to change that small corner of our office and then maybe it changes another group it's infectious but you have to have a lot of courage to do that you could work with hr human resources you can inform top executives of the issue to take action some people do that but what happens with that there's two sides to that you have to be prepared as I've counseled people in these situations before, that what if you don't get the response that you are expecting? See, most people have an expectation and they think, well, we're going to be Superman and change the situation. And other people may not look at it as the house is on fire. They may look at it as, you know, the burner is still on, if you get the analogy. So someone from the outside looking in may not truly grasp the dysfunction that's going on in a work environment an HR or a top executive might be like, ah, too busy with X, Y, or Z to deal with this right now. And that can happen. So-and-so is making a mountain out of a molehill. So-and-so has problems 
they're they're making this up, you know, because then other people are putting on a show. So then when that that executive comes around, they're not going to see what's really happening. They're going to see the show. They're going to see what what the other people want that person to see because their jobs are at stake. So they're going to pretend, oh, everything's hunky-dory, everything's great, everyone gets along. So that may not be, you know, the best strategy. On the flip side, some corporations have HR lines that are confidential, people that show up incognito, so to speak, um, and evaluate situations and have taken action when things are really, quote-unquote, toxic or really damaging, which can happen. It's terrible that people are trapped in that because you spend so much time at work. You spend so much time there. You know, one of my supervisors, former supervisors say, you know, to other people, uh, he and I work very closely together. And he would say to me, or he would say to other people, excuse me about me. I talk to Frank more some weeks than I talk to my own wife. I spend more time with Frank than I do my own family. And you probably do. You probably spend more time if you're a full-time employee with the people in your job than you do at home with your loved ones. So it's very important that that situation is supportive and engaging and upbeat and brings out the best in you. I mean, that's the ideal and is fulfilling to you. It's very important. You could change yourself to not respond to the stimuli you know, you could say, all right, I'm not going to respond to some of the stuff that happens here. I'm going to do my job and go home. And or while you're doing that, you could determine an exit strategy, as I like to call it. If you decide that it's not going to change, you've done all the other things that I mentioned in this point, uh, at this point of the show, and this was a, another listener provided question. You got to then determine an exit strategy, whether you're going to ask for a transfer to another part of the company, whether you're going to look for another job outside of the company, uh, whatever that option might be, whether you're going to take some time away from work entirely. That's a very personal choice, and it requires a lot of thought. And if you're married, it requires a lot of conversation with your spouse about what you can and can't live with and what you can and can't do. And coaching can help with that. ELI can help with that. There are a number of different strategies that coaches can do, which I'll get to later, that can help with that. Energy can fluctuate throughout the day. So you know, some people struggle with this and have asked me, how do you stay engaged when the days are, quote, unquote, long, conditions are, quote, unquote, tough? How do you do that? Your energy does fluctuate throughout the day. It's proven. It's like the stock market. It's up. It's down. It's flat. It's you know, slightly up, slightly down. Uh, it spikes at certain points one way or the other in response to stimuli. If somebody walks in and tells you, you know, I think you're doing a terrible job of this project, or you got a survey back from a customer and you did terribly on that last customer interaction call or whatever, your energy is probably going to drop. It's human nature. You're going to respond to that stimuli. If you have a, a boss that's got, you know, issues behaviorally and they come in and do something to you or confront you, you're going to be very upset by that. So how do you stay engaged? How do you bring engaged energy to work throughout a day? It's a mindset change. Above everything else, it's a mindset change. It's insulating yourself. It's um, 
putting up blinders to some expe- to some extent, excuse me. It's also compartmentalizing what's going on outside of work. Some people bring that in with them, and that's very unprofessional. You know, there's set times where it's going to bleed into your life if something like major is happening in your life. Usually people will understand that, but they'll also tell you, could you take some time off? Like if you're going through a divorce, if you've lost a, a relative or a spouse, or if you've lost a, a, a sibling or a child or a parent, some like major issue like that, it's going to affect you. And sometimes they might say, hey, if it's affecting you too much, you know, you can't really be here. If you can't do that, you can't compartmentalize and just show up and be engaged all day. You also have to think about it as you're representing yourself. You know, the organization I uh, work with calls it personal brand. It's a good description of that. You know, you have your own personal brand. You've got to show up prepared to work. You have to eliminate distractions got to focus on each client that you're helping or each task or each service that you're providing to show up in the best way that you can. That's how you stay engaged when the days are long, when conditions are difficult. You need to take on a mindset change. You can't just go in every day expecting the same result. It's not going to happen. You know, the ELI study There was a study done on the ELI assessment, I should say, and it determined that uh, people that went through the ELI and then had a coach walk them through the results, uh, either individuals or organizations have better goal achievement, more income, better work-life balance, increased productivity, better customer satisfaction. That's just an example because people don't know what the ELI is. I look at it, too, as using your God-given skills and talents to grow and develop at both work and life. And that's something that a coach can help you with. And that's also something that uh, the ELI can help you with. We're right on the button a half hour in. So we're going to take our 30 minute midpoint of the show break and then transition to the next segment of our program. You are listening to Undivided episode number 52, Engaged Energy at Work, which will be back in a moment. First, uh, upcoming show promotions for you here on the Life Coach Radio Networks. Money Magic. That's Money Magic is the series. Goal Khan is the host. Goal Khan. Money Magic. Next episode comes your way Tuesday, August the 27th. Goal talks all about money, the role that money should and should not play in your life. It should not take over your life. It should not be what you think about breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It should be, it should have a specific purpose in your life and it should provide you certain things that align with your values and ultimately create a culture or fulfillment for you. Goal has had some really enlightened guests and some really awesome solo programs as well. So please check it out. Our next episode, Money Magic with Goal Con, Tuesday, August the 27th. That's live at 4 p.m. Eastern. Goal does her show from London live, 4 p.m. Eastern. Do your time zone from there here in America on the Life Coach chat channel. Check out the Life Coach chat channel site for her archived episodes. Erica Wiederlight. That's Erica Wiederlight show Monday, twice a month on Mondays. Erica Wiederlight. She was on. She took a hiatus. She's back. 
11.30 a.m. Eastern. It's a live show, 11.30 in the morning, Eastern Time, Life Coach Chat Channel. Check out her website, www.wethelight.com. That's wethelight.com or the Life Coach Chat Channel website for a schedule and for archive shows and to check out that awesome series. Undivided is sponsored by audible.com. And speaking of being the light, you know, Erica's website is awesome, wethelight.com. She provides some awesome coaching services, very, very powerful coaching services. But speaking of being the light to someone in darkness, we always talk about the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at this point in the show. And at no point is it more important than if you are struggling at work and you go to work every day and you feel like you don't matter, that you feel like you, that people have taken advantage of you. Maybe people have, have done something to you. You know, we read a lot about, you know, toxic work environments, sexual harassment, uh, harassment of people, uh, physical assault in the workplace. There's all kinds of stories coming out. You know, when I did this show on the media last week, we were talking about that in episode 51, about how the media is more open now. And you hear about these stories. Well, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline reminds you that you matter, that every one of us is created for a unique purpose. So maybe this job isn't bringing out that purpose. Maybe you're really depressed about it and you're thinking about doing something to yourself because you don't know when it's going to end. You feel trapped in the job. It's not worth it. No job is worth feeling that way. There'll be other jobs. There'll be other opportunities. There'll be healthier situations. Call the number 800-273-8255. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 800-273-8255. Samaritan's Purse, that's samaritanspurse.org or 828-262-1980. Again, samaritanspurse.org, great organization, works in the developing world areas, 828-262-1980. And we're back here on Undivided as we enter the Bridging the Divide segment. At this point in the show, excuse me, need a drink of water. Uh, This point of the show, we would normally open the phones. There are no phone calls tonight. This is a recorded program. Uh, Undivided show, that's undivided, S-H-O-W at gmail.com. If you would like to provide me some feedback on the program or DM me on Twitter at F-M-A-D-U-R-I. Reason why it's uh, recorded, someone else asked me that this week. I did a show last week on the 14th. I've never done back-to-back shows of Undivided until now. Uh, I've always had, it's always been every two weeks or every, or twice a month, which sometimes gave me a three-week break. Um, I had a longer break. I was only scheduled to do one show in August, and that was on the 14th. That was last week's show. I decided to do this program because I also felt that it would help promote the September 4th program that I have coming up a little better than if I was off for a month on for one episode and then gone for another three weeks. So I felt for the continuity of the show, I really pushed it to put together two programs. So I wanted to give myself uh, an evening uh, tonight. I usually don't have that. So that's why it's recorded this evening. Uh, the show uh, will air this evening. In the Bridging the Divide segment, we always look at 
all the different factions out of an issue and how do we bridge it. So today, how do we bridge the divide between those who think the work, workplace, excuse me, should be quote unquote, no fun because it is quote unquote work. So I know I've had bosses like that. Uh, you know, we don't need to be having fun here. This is work. Okay. Not realizing that people's energy is affected by that. Not to say that you should be goofing around at work or, you know, ignoring customers. That's not a good thing either, but you can have fun and still serve people and serve the values and goals and objectives of a business. That the business is unforgiving and cold. So that business itself yeah, well, that's business for you. You know, they cut back on these jobs. They dissolved this area of the company. They got rid of this department and everyone lost their jobs. It's cut and dry. It's unforgiving. It's cold. Those who dislike their jobs, their colleagues, their place of work, and they have no desire to change. There are people out there that like to, to be in that type of misery. They like to exist in that way with those who have lost hope after countless attempts to change for the better. So there's all these people out there that have lost hope. They've tried to change the situation they're in to no avail. Then there's those who feel that, you know, energy itself is malarkey. Okay that it's, it's all BS and that you, you show up to work and you just got to be ready to work. So how do we bridge the divide between all of those things? Uh, that's a complicated answer. Work environments need to be productive, but at the same time, anabolic energy, uh, you know, that's going to be something that is going to help drive productivity. And that's a very important thing. Uh, excuse me. Innovation is key today, right? Uh, and I'm sorry, excuse me. I had a bit of a uh, bit of a uh, technical problem here. I'm trying to fix the microphone. Innovation is key, and energy that's positive invites people to share ideas, to make businesses thrive, improve the services that are offered. So if you think about that, if you are a leader in an organization, or even if you're not, we're all leaders. And I wanted to mention this before. It kind of came up for me now. You know, we're all leaders. Helping yourself improve as a leader helps others improve. So if you're in a leadership position and you help others on your team, that then creates an environment where people are more productive rather than what they would call the old leader follower model. That doesn't work. It helps if you, you know, have an environment that people feel like I can provide this at work. I could be uh, I can self-motivate. I have autonomy to do these things. Both people and companies have egos. And it's a very important to move beyond ego for both the company and the people that work in it in order to reach 
that productivity in order to bridge the divide around some of these things. We have to let go of that. And that takes time. As I was saying, with those who have been trying to change it and they can't, that can create resentment, which leads to jobs, job dissatisfaction. You know, the old model of you know, no fun at work and having authoritarian leaders and those uh, leaders that are like micromanagers, that model doesn't work. It's been proven to not work. Um, it's been proven that, you know, each person has to feel like they're contributing to the goals of the organization. I'll talk a little bit about uh, values and value alignment. That's a very important perspective here as well. But if, you know, people feel they can provide innovation, that's going to help the business improve. And having, you know, a desire to change can be done. You know, someone who is in the workplace, if they have a coach for the workplace, a lot of corporations do, or someone that serves in that role, they can coach the employees and have someone that works to uncover what's driving those feelings. So it's trying to uncover what's the root cause of it and then eliminating that negative energy. That's going to help to bridge some of these divides in this area. You know, people that dislike their job, they don't have a desire to change. They're going to uncover why that is and try and help them to see that what they're doing is self-destructive and, you know, help them to find a solution within themselves to move them forward in a positive way. How can someone harness that energy uh, positively to deal with situations? You know, this is a listener provided question. So the listener who had been dealing with the situation and I'm going to kind of explain it now where uh, someone on the team got demoted and they got promoted. So how can you, uh, how can someone harness the energy, positive energy to deal with situations like people on a team that got demoted and then think you quote unquote stole their job. And that's happened. You know, I've counseled people, coach people um, that have been in that situation. I've been in that situation myself where, you know, people think this or that. I had a situation where someone got demoted and then, you know, started doing things and, making up things about other people in the company and saying that they did things that they didn't do to try and make them look bad. There's all sorts of situations that I've been around, you know, throughout either my career, my friends, knowing what they've been through, close colleagues, things like that. So to the listener and to other listeners that have been in that situation, the first thing you can do in that situation is be kind and be respectful. Treat everyone well, especially those people, you know. They're going to decide how they react to that. How they react to that is not on you. If you're kind of respectful to them and they're not accepting of that, you've tried. Offer to help them. That's another way you can go. Uh, I'm really sorry that this happened. You know, I didn't make this decision. I'm sorry if you feel like, 
you know, someone stole your spot, so to speak. But that wasn't on me, you know. I can help you. What are you looking to do? What are you looking to achieve? Let me help you. Maybe find a role that is challenging to you if you feel like the role you're in is not, you know, the right one for you. Be open to their ideas. So if they decide to stay on the team, be open to everyone's ideas, but make it a point to be open to theirs so that they don't think that you're shutting them out. If you start incorporating their ideas, they're going to think differently about the situation and think, well, maybe, you know, so-and-so didn't steal my job. Maybe this is the reason why they brought him in or her in and that I'm not doing that job anymore. And prove that you could be a resource for them. So some people say, oh, you know, I don't want to be in that situation. It's uncomfortable. And it certainly is. I don't want to be party to something like that because it's going to, it's going to make my days, you know, challenging or quote unquote bad. However, you could look at it as an opportunity. And that's what coaching will do is it'll show you there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity to like the army would say, win, win hearts and minds, so to speak. Win that person over. Prove that you could be a resource for them. You know, there's a whole concept of servant leadership that I've been studying. Different organizations train leaders on this, but I've been studying it kind of in my own way. See if I can incorporate some of these things. And servant leadership is very important. I think it's a very Christian concept, too. You know, I came to serve, not to be served, right? Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. You know, this is what I came to do. I'm, I'm a servant. I'm a humble servant of God. If you come in as a servant, you know, how can I provide service to my colleagues, my fellow leaders or managers or executives, and my customers or my clients? How do you do that? You know, through listening through empathy, through uh, awareness, healing, uh, being able to have some foresight, building trust, better collaboration. That creates more engagement, more engaged employees drive successful organizations. So ask yourself, you know, what outcomes are you looking for in your job, in your organization, in your company, you know, the people are the organization. So the, the more you realize and connect with that, the more important that is. Turning around a bad team, this ties into this, can be challenging but rewarding. Again, opportunity. What's the best way to do so? So again, another uh, listener provided question. That can be a challenge. As I mentioned in the previous response, engagement is key. Servant leadership, you know, uh, being there, uh, driving behaviors that create results, uh, create, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach, you know, to leadership. So you might be in a situation through active listening that you can identify certain things and, you know, work with people, be engaged. If you're in a leadership role, don't just wait for the performance review. Follow up with people daily or weekly. 
so that they know that you care about them. Harness that positive energy within you to then be transferable to them. You know, create a situation that's completely new where people can thrive by, and you can do that by being a positive example to them, by showing again that you care, that you're there, that you're engaged, and that you're trying to help them develop into the best version of themselves. And that's how you can achieve that. That's how you can turn around a bad team, quote unquote. It's going to be diff- It's going to be difficult. Excuse me. No one ever said it's going to be easy. It's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be rewarding. Because in any situation, there there's comes a certain point where maybe everybody gets tired of being on a team like that. It's it's become old. It's become stale. Maybe they get tired of not making, if it's a sales thing, not making bonus. Or that's how you turn the situation around. Hey, do you guys want a bonus? I'm, I'm getting really tired of not bonusing. We need everyone playing. We need all the oars in the water, so to speak. What's the role of coaching and engaged energy? So again, you know, returning to the ELI, you know, the energy leadership index is there to help organizations, departments, small or medium-sized businesses or big corporations down to the individuals or teams in them to get more engaged, to shift energy. You know, that's what coaching can do. It can shift energy from negative to positive through proven strategies to get buy-in. It's very important to get buy-in of your employees. How are you going to do it? It comes back to the values of the company and the values of the employee and being open to different ways to get there, open to change. You know, if, if the values alignment's going to connect the person's individual goals to the company goals. So if the company goals or company values are a certain way and then the employee finds that they're unaligned, that's going to create an opportunity for that employee to then discover a new pathway because ultimately that's not going to work. If they're not willing to change and your company values certainly aren't going to change, or the company objectives aren't going to change, if that person is quote unquote checked out, then it's time to move on for them and for you. It's just probably better for everybody involved if you've tried and you can't change that person. You can't get them to reevaluate those values. Maybe the value around, you know, work-life balance, the company values that strongly and you have someone that's a quote-unquote workaholic and they don't take your cues about, you know, doing certain things or they come in on the weekend when you've asked them not to. Those are certain things that are good examples of that. Having a situation where everyone feels connected to the mission. It's a big thing in nonprofit work. We talk about connection to mission when I was in the nonprofit segment and when I helped other nonprofit organizations. I would go into some of them and and their energy was really tense, really uh, kind of nervous energy, 
you can feel like everyone almost like walking on eggshells, so to speak. And you, you, then you say to them, okay, when you meet with, with other people there, they say, well, what's your evaluation? I say, well, no one's connected to the mission. If your mission is X, feeding the hungry, let's say, and everyone around here is afraid of the two people that run the organization, afraid of what they're going to say to them or do because they have a habit of like flying off the handle, so to speak. That's not helping you achieve that goal. The, the, the fact that the people are not connected to the mission is a problem. And you need to find that connection through different things, whether it's, you know, reminding people why they took that job in the first place. Yeah. There had to be a reason why they ended up there. There has to be skills and talents that are maybe un, underutilized or unutilized. And that's what coaching can do. That Harris Bowl, you know, 50% would quit their job if they could. What's driving that? What's the why? And each situation is different. You know, there's, there's certain things that are, that are kind of static. You know, people stay in jobs for those reasons I explained in point number one. But some people work in crisis mode all the time, which is unhealthy. Some people um, are solution-focused rather than problem-focused. That's healthy. You know, so there are people in different levels of energy in different areas of their career where they might look at something differently. You know, with my experience, what used to be a problem for me now isn't because I look at, I have all these other tools that I could find a solution. So that's an, that's an important point. Coaching can help by coming into a situation and giving a fresh perspective, but leadership has to be open to change in order for that to happen. Talking about employee engagement and doing it are two different things. And then the common ground tonight. How do we find common ground with energy in the workplace? Starts with being open to opportunity. And that's a big kind of wide open statement, but that's the start. That's the first step. People have to change their mindset, as I had mentioned before, from that uh, that state that we're all pretty much indoctrinated, if you will, in with the stream of unconsciousness, with asking what's wrong or looking at what's wrong in a situation versus the stream of consciousness asking what's right about a situation. You know, if you're always looking for the problem, you're not going to see the solution. If you're always looking for the situation as bad, glass half empty, glass half full type of thing, you always see the glass half full. You always see the the problems or the uh, quote unquote, you know, things that can't be changed. You know, change is possible in any situation. It's finding the underlying and underpinning things that are going on. And then working to create something in pieces, steps. Starts really small. So it starts with being open opportunity. Instead of looking at it as a challenge, as a bad thing, look at it as an opportunity to grow, to learn, to adapt, to change. It starts with seeing the good in others rather than looking at 
the quote-unquote bad, quote-unquote what's wrong. Look at what's right. Look at what is good. There's good in everyone. There's skills that may, they may not even recognize that they have. It continues by self-evaluating, as I mentioned before, changing your approach to one where you're more engaged versus being disengaged or unmotivated, more open, more ready to accept the limitations that you have and build upon your strengths. And that's how you find common ground with engaged energy in the workplace. So that's our show for today. I hope that this will help people in all areas of work, in all places of work, and in all types of work to find engaged energy, to be engaged, to not be living in fear of the next day, to trust that, you know, God has a plan for your life. You know, a lot of people have moved away from that. But in in connecting to your own core values, connecting to the spiritual side of things, God has given you skills and talents. God has a plan for you. And you may not understand it. You know, as I was talking to a colleague earlier this morning about, you know, you may not want to do what God's asking you to do. Quite often, it's not what we think we should be doing. It's not where we think we should be. But we're there and we're in the situation. And a lot of people have to accept that and say, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? I'm in this situation. What, what am I going to get out of this to then help myself and those around me to grow and develop, to be better people, better versions of themselves? And maybe it's the energy that you bring with you And maybe it's something you have to change within yourself to help others to follow suit. Maybe it's, you know what, I have to smile at the person across the hallway. And that smile may change their whole outlook, their whole day, their whole world. So it's being open to that and being open to opportunity. And that's how we will change our approach at work. Because being that miserable at work is not good at all. It's not healthy. It's not advisable. It's not going to you know, get anyone anywhere. So it starts with talking it out with people that you trust. Maybe finding a coach, therapist, whoever you think is more uh, adapted at tackling some of what you're dealing with and taking it one day at a time, you know, focusing on how you could be your own personal brand, right? How you're going to show up is a representation of, you know, other people in your life. Maybe you have a mentor that puts you up for a job. If you show up a certain way, it's going to make that person look bad. So you got to remember you're representing your family. You're representing your family name. You're representing people that have helped you get to where you are. And if nothing else, you should 
present yourself in the best light possible in honor of those people. And if we do that, that's how we will live in harmony together. We'll be more productive at work. We'll have a better work-life balance. We'll have better productivity. We'll feel better about ourselves. And we'll live truly undivided. Some show promotions, and then I'm going to sign off for the night here. We're right at the uh, end of our show, right on the hour mark. Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, Wednesday, one week from tonight, Wednesday, August 28th, live at 7 p.m. on the Life Coach Chat Channel. That's Replenish Me, Cordelia Gaffar, uh, Wednesday, August 28th, 7 p.m. on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Money Magic, Gold Khan is the host. Money Magic is the show. Tuesday, August 27th, live at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Life Coach Chat Channel. Erica Wheeler Light Show, Mondays twice a month, 11.30 a.m. Eastern. Also on the Life Coach Chat Channel, check out that uh, website, her website, uh, wethelight.com. Catholic Charities is 800-919-9338. SalvationArmyUS.org, enter your zip code to donate in your local area. Uh, pickups can be arranged a week before if you have big items. Food for the Poor, 800-427-9104. That's 800-427-9104. Or www.foodforthepoor, all one word, .org. MAP International, that's M-A-P, MAP International, 800-225-8550. That's 800-225-8550. Or www.map.org to donate to that wonderful organization. I'd like to thank the listeners for the ideas that you had tonight for uh, me, for this show, for uh, different questions and different talking points. I hope I address them. Send me some emails, feedback on Twitter, DM me on Twitter at FMADURI, Undivided Show. That's undivided, S-H-O-W, at gmail.com if you'd rather email me. Uh, but I hope that this advice has helped and helped you uh, to live undivided at work to have engaged energy for the tasks that you have at hand. This works a big part of, of our lives and is necessary for people to have dignity and worth. And the feelings that it provokes are, are very, very strong and, and very, very positive. Uh, the impact that it can have on, on your life. Uh, please check out my coaching practice. If I can help you, that's Frank Jamadary coaching. That's Frank Jamadary coaching.com. Or you can check me out, Frank Jamadary Professional Coaching, on Facebook. Um, I also have two books on Amazon, a poetry book, The Promise of Tomorrow, and a reflections book on the Stations of the Cross, uh, Reflections of the Passion, uh, Modern Guide to the Stations of the Cross, which uh, all the proceeds for that book go to Aid to the Church in Need, a charity to help persecuted Christians in the Middle East who have been persecuted by ISIS to get back into their homes and homeland. Uh, the fall shows are coming up. It's amazing. Summer's going to turn to fall quick. We'll be on with you after uh, Labor Day. I'm really excited for the fall shows. We'll be on with you um, after Labor Day. We have a lot of great guests. My next program episode, number 53 of Undivided, comes your way two weeks from today, September the 4th. So it's right after Labor Day weekend. It's the Wednesday, September the 4th, back on our regular week. Um, our regular time live at 7 p.m. Rising from Grief, episode 53. Rising from Grief 
And my special guest is Namrata Mathur. Namrata Mathur will join me. Awesome, awesome lady. Great coach. Really, really uh, talented person. And that's going to be an excellent dialogue. So I hope that you will join us for that episode. Until then, this has been episode number 52 of Undivided Engaged Energy at Work with yours truly, your host, Frank J. Maduri. For Russ Terry, for Danica Treble, for all my fellow co-hosts here on the Life Coach Radio Network, I thank you, the audience, and I thank everyone for supporting this show. And until we catch up again on the airwaves on September 4th with Nimbrata for episode 53, be blessed and be well.